Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 105 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I am your host, Colin Kohlhoven, joined, as always, by the tornado recorder himself, Mr. Twisters. Slugger JD, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How yes. are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. You know, I've had, uh, this is my third cup of coffee, so I'm feeling caffeinated, feeling good. I've got a bunch of housing stuff to do once we get done recording here because I am in escrow currently and I close in a week. So I have oh, to, yep, do a bunch of paperwork and you know how that goes. <laughs> so. Yeah, get, get ready to um, just sign your hand off. Your, your limbs are going to be gone by the time you're done signing papers. I mean, they don't truly expect us to read every single word of these things that we're getting, right? Like, the amount of pages that get sent over for this is unbelievable. And they're like, all it's right, kinda... just review it all and sign it ASAP. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm working, dude. Anyway, go ahead. It's kind of scary. I remember when I bought my first house, or even my second house, too. Um, and I remember sitting down with the realtor on closing day, and she's like, all right, here's, you know here's all the papers and you're sitting there with your realtor and the other realtor, um, like the one who's selling. Right. And it's a stack, like you said, of like two or 300 pages. You got to sign about half of them and it's, you don't know what you're doing. No, I remember my realtor just, she would like flip three pages, sign here, flip six pages, sign here, flip 10, so on and so forth until we got through the stack. And I'm like, yeah, I could have just signed away like my life to you, my kids to you, my like, oh, yeah, I don't know what I just signed. And I'm putting all my faith in you. Yeah, to some extent you are too, because of the massive amount of money that you're probably getting a loan for as well, you know, so it's just like, oh my gosh. But you just, I think the idea is you just hope that nothing goes wrong, right? You just, you just kind of hope that you have the house and it runs its course and you sell it and you move on. <laughs> and then whenever, or like if it's your forever home, maybe not. But I think for us, we're planning on, you know, maybe in between three and five years in this house. So it's just a little starter home, basically. Get our foot in the door with the real estate market. We, could, we couldn't afford some of the other shit that was for sale in our area. It's just crazy expensive. Out of control. It's out of control, dude. It's out of control. I'll say, like, we couldn't find, we were looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath, okay? Not massive. We wanted, like, maybe 1,300 square feet, just a little yard, two-car garage, okay? Everything that we could find, at least $700,000. At least (laughs) $700,000. That is insane. Like, with the interest rates as high as they are, too. So think about that. It's crazy, like, what living in a different area of the country will do to that because like here in Arkansas, you could find everything you want or that you just listed for like a fraction of that, probably like 200 to 250,000. Oh, absolutely. We have some friends who live in like the Philadelphia slash Jersey area, kind of like Eastern U S and their houses that they just bought recently were like 280 grand total. Yep. Right. Like, holy shit. So Which is, is still a crazy amount of money. Like, I remember my first house in Texas. It still blows my mind how cheap it was. But it was a three-bedroom, uh, one-and-a-half baths. It was, it was decent size. It was probably eighteen to 2,000 square feet. Okay. We got it for, like, $112,000. Oh now, granted, it was, like a, it was probably, like, a 20-, 25-year-old home. Like, it was built, I don't know, maybe a little older. I think it was built in the 80s. But it was just, like... I don't know. It had everything we need. It was a great starter home. We had no issues with the with the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking back now, 
and seeing like I bet that house is probably worth double, yeah. possibly triple what we paid for it at the time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And that was fifteen years ago. Yep, it's very true, and you can like see. You know, when you're looking at these places, you can sort of get the info on what the last owner paid for it when they purchased it or whatever. So it's funny seeing that where a lot of these homes, people would buy them for like three or four hundred grand, which is crazy amount of money still, obviously. But now they're on sale for like seven fifty, eight hundred, yeah, eight fifty. You're like, okay, so you're just straight up making like four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on this because you held it for twenty years at the right time. It's so nuts. So. Either way, it's close to being done. We are not getting something that expensive. We went with a townhouse, like, condo option. We'd been renting the place we're in from my mother-in-law, and we just decided to purchase it off her. So that's what we're going to do. That's the starter spot, and I think I'm personally just excited to move on and be done with it. <laughs> it's been ta- it's yeah. taken up so much time for, like, the last few months, but... I don't blame you. It's stressful. Yeah. Almost there. One more week. One more week. All right, man. Well, very good. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Now, you might be wondering, folks, where is Daryl? Well, let me give you an update on that. He was getting slowly sicker and sicker every single day this week at work when I would see him. And eventually it got to be about Thursday afternoon, and his voice was completely shot and just gone. And so I told him, you know, just rest and see how you feel. If you feel up to recording, great. If not, like, don't worry about it. He sounded the exact same yesterday afternoon, about 2.30, 3 o'clock, and we were leaving work. So, yeah, lo and behold, he's not joining us today. If you can't talk, that kind of, that is tough. You know, that's a tough one to get around when you're doing podcasting. So he is not joining us today, and I hope he feels better. And you might also notice that we are missing Pat, the trophy hunter, who we said was going to be on this episode with us. We ran into a scheduling conflict sort of last minute. He had something come up uh, with some family, so he is not available to record today. We are going to still record with him very soon, but we just basically punted it a couple weeks down the road so the roadmap right now is basically we have this episode for y'all next episode we have the portland kevin on for what we've been playing episode and then the episode after that we have smackerly on which i think is going to be a really interesting conversation about i hope we can get into more of the whole movement of xbox bringing some games over from their ecosystem to the playstation what he thinks about that how he sort of approaches splitting his time between xbox and playstation because he's much more of an xbox person so it'll be a good perspective i think to hear from him in the coming weeks, and then we'll get Pat on after that, hopefully. So, yeah, lots of guests in the coming weeks. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I mean, I love all these dudes. We've talked to most of them. Uh, Smackerly, I don't think we've talked to you on the show yet, have we? We have not, no. But he's been a community member for almost, you know, basically the whole time we've had the, the Discord. He's been around. Yeah. Been a been a long time, long overdue to hear from him. So that's going to be a, a ton of fun as well. And then there's also still another guest that we're keeping secret that we're hoping to finalize and book. Uh, we had some initial communications with this person; they were pretty positive. So more to come on that. I don't want to say more until it's finalized on that. And uh, last but not least, for housekeeping, let's go over the raffle update. So we've been running the raffle for the last uh, few weeks over in our Discord, and about well, let's see, about three and a half weeks in at this point. We started at February first. <laughs> The goal, again, to hit 250 Platinums as a Discord community, at which point we will raffle off prizes, and your raffle tickets are based on the number of games that you submit to the PlatShot channel. So if you haven't been doing that, or if you've just been putting some in the trophy room, you might as well just post them in PlatShot. It's free to enter. There's no downside. And if you get five posts, you get a raffle ticket, you get a chance to win. So go, go over and make sure you're doing that. Slugger, do we have a little update on where we're at in terms of the number? Yeah, the number of Platinums we have so far, like Colin was saying, we will stop and raffle everything off at 250 Platinums. 
and we are currently at 68 platinum. So still plenty of time um, to get some raffle entries there. I think we're a little over one fifth of the way. Uh, based off what I've seen, people started this race off very, very strong. I think it slowed down a little bit. Maybe it's just me, but like from a tracking perspective, I'm not having to go and log like, you know, six to eight platinums a day. It's maybe like one or two every two or three days. So right. uh, we got a lot of big games coming out. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Alone in the Dark. Uh, this really this whole year is like RPG heaven if you're yeah. into that stuff. So I think this I know some people were concerned this would be over pretty quick. But I think as people dive into these bigger games, we'll see it kind of it slow down and give other people opportunity to earn some tickets. So, yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> again, if it finishes quickly, that's OK, too. You know, this whole the competition, unlike I think maybe there's a little bit of not confusion, but sort of maybe some clarity needed just because the last race that we did was like a nine month affair, right? It took most of the year to do. And this competition and raffle was not designed to be that. It's supposed to be sort of a smaller, fun thing. And we do have some ideas brewing for what we can do next. I'm super excited. I've been taking notes about that thing we talked about, Slugger, the one idea I had. And uh, Mm. I I think I've developed it to the point where we can maybe go over some more specifics. So it's going to be cool. If we do that, and also, you know, we can do some other things as well. But be on the lookout for that. Make sure you submit your platinums over there in the Platshot channel. I've contributed one platinum, okay? Um, and, of course, to reiterate, the hosts are not eligible to win anything. But we can contribute towards the overall goal. So, threw my uh, returnal platinum in there just to say, you know, I'm here for you guys, all right? I'm trying to do my part, spreading democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Spread right. that democracy, baby. Spread that democracy. I spread it in more ways than that. Another way as well with our purchase of the Pentiment. Oh, excuse me. A little pop up there on my computer. You're going to hear that in the audio unless I cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that shit happens. Like virus protector pops up, you know, uh, or little other things. But yeah, I got Pentiment. I know you purchased it as well. I saw EDJ uh, purchase that. So we've got some folks giving Phil our support. Yeah, that's a message to all you PlayStation gamers. Xbox, if you didn't know, is dying and on its deathbed. <laughs> it's going to crumble at any moment now. We need to do our part to save Phil and save Microsoft. Right. So uh, go and buy Pentiment. Yeah. Or any other future Xbox games that come out. If you don't buy Pentiment, Windows will cease to exist. And we just won't get the next Windows update. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Uh, but on the real, though, I think if you are at all wanting to support one of two things, either the idea of games becoming less of a platform specific and exclusive notion, right? This idea of like, we can actually share games that we previously thought were exclusive. That should go multiple ways. I feel like as well. And I think this is kind of maybe one of the steps in that sort of overall journey towards that goal. If you want to support that, go buy some of these games. Also, if you just want to support the idea of, Hey, Xbox sees their games selling on PlayStation. I want other Xbox titles like maybe Sunset Overdrive or, I don't know, Halo Master Chief Collection or Gears of War 1 or, I don't know, whatever. Any other, Redfall, other of the, <laughs> any of these other games, right? I think it's important that you go and put your money where your mouth is and support this stuff. So I'm definitely going to be getting one other of the games. I'm not sure which one yet. I'm tempted for it to be Sea of Thieves, but we just really... I mean, the trophy list is going to be stupid for that game. So that that's what kind of turns me off of it. But <laughs> we will see. We will see. I feel the same way. Um, 
I do. I do want to make it clear. I was being very sarcastic. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Xbox isn't in trouble, um, but I do. That's kind of why I bought Pentiment. I'll be honest. I don't know if I have a ton of interest in the game, but I like Obsidian. I like what they did with Fallout New Vegas. Uh, I still haven't checked out Outer Worlds, but I've heard it's pretty decent. But yeah, I want. I'm in that same vein of like I want to see more Xbox games come to PlayStation. And I'm not some crazy like PlayStation fanboy either. If Uncharted and Last of Us and all that stuff makes its way to other consoles, I'd be cool with that too. I think the more options we have as gamers, like the better it is for us. Right. Because yeah. then really you just pick your preferred hardware and play whatever you want there. I think Nintendo is the only company that probably won't ever budge on that. Yeah, probably. That would be so cool though if they did. Man, God, they'd make so much money. Can you imagine? Just putting Mario oh, on, on PlayStation. Just put the 3D pl- platformer Mario, the new one, on PlayStation. They would make so much money. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> the the yeah. un- unannounced 3D Mario game? Oh, my gosh, dude. I went in there. When I saw the article that the Switch 2 was delayed until Q1 next year, <laughs> I immediately went in and counterpicked <laughs> in, our, in our league to make sure that that shit was locked down. Oh, man. It was, it was pretty funny. So, okay, March 19th, Hi-Fi Rush comes to PlayStation 5. That's the next Xbox Game Studios title coming over from Tango Gameworks, the guys who did The Evil Within, weirdly enough. And Shinji Mikami Studio have brought you Hi-Fi Rush. So if you're a Resident Evil fan, this is nothing like it, but a similar, but from the same creative mind. So you can go and look at that. And then in April, we have Sea of Thieves and uh, Grounded. And Grounded's an interesting one, too. That's two Obsidian games coming over. So that's interesting. I think Grinder was rare. Or did Obsidian help on it? Oh, that? Well, wow. Now, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let's see. Grindr Live fact check. Obsidian Entertainment. Maybe Rare helped with some other pieces, but the credited studio is uh, Obsidian. So Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Well, again, go and check those games out maybe if you're at all curious. See if these might be rare. See if these is rare. Yeah, so we have okay, Rare, that's we have what I was Obsidian, of. and we have a Tango. Uh, game works one so sweet pretty cool all right guys let's get into our guy hello slugger <laughs> let's get into <laughs> i'm so used to daryl being here uh let's get into our platinum shout out so i went ahead and pulled these from the discord now daryl has been doing this the last couple of episodes and his addition to this was uh, putting in the name of the platinum so i've included the names here as well for the platinum trophies First up, we have Thrawn with the Firewatch 100%. It does not have a Platinum, so no name to give you there. But this 100% sits at 13.1% on PlayStation Profiles, PSMP for the PS4 version. Next up, we have Toxic with Journey to the Savage Planet. This sits at a 7.81% on PSMP for the PS4. And the title of that Platinum trophy is The Final Frontier. Next up, we have EDJ 3DG with Brotato. This, I was surprised to find out, sits at a 33.6% on PSMP for the PS5 with a platinum title of Mash Master. Fourth, we have Emerson with Gauntlet Slayer Edition. This sits at a 2.14% on PSMP for the PS4 with a platinum title of I've Not Seen Such Bravery. And last but not least, we have Office of the Joker with Titanfall 2 sitting at an 8.04% on PSMP for the PS4 and a platinum title of Mark of the Advocate. So a pretty good diverse set of games here. Which ones jump out to you, Slugger? Which ones do you want to highlight here? I think Gauntlet right off the bat. I believe I have some progress in that. I would have to check. 
if I remember right, that's a very grindy long list. It is. It which is. is unfortunate because I love the Gauntlet series. Um, I think there was an N64 one that I just, I remember sinking hours and hours into growing up. Yeah. And then I remember getting this one. I think I got it through PlayStation Plus on the PS4 and I tried it out and it just felt like it was kind of missing that magic that the earlier one had that I was hooked on. Mm. Um, so I never sunk into it, but I would like to maybe revisit that on cleanup sometime. We can co-op that. I know you're... Yeah, I have progress in it, and mm. I have a lot of the grinding done for one of the characters, and you need to grind basically on all four different classes of character in the game. I need, I'm mm. on the, I need to beat the final boss on hard. I've done the rest of the game on hard, and I also have the gold ultra-rare trophy on PSMP to survive from floor 1 to 50 in endless mode already. So I've done all of that. So it's really nice. just like grinding shit. Um, and there's a yeah. lot of ultra rares in this list. So it's a pretty fun one. You want to know another fun fact that I just realized that Gauntlet Slayer Edition was developed by Arrowhead Studios, Arrowhead Game Studios, which just put out Helldivers 2. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah, I would not have necessarily thought that or realized that. I don't really think a ton of people have... Well, maybe because it was free at one point. I'm looking right now, and Gauntlet has 204,448 owners on PSNP. Helldivers 2 has 15,306 owners on PSNP. Pretty interesting. It's got to be that PlayStation Plus bump. It has to be, yeah. I just I just looked. I do not have progress in it, but I would be down to... Oh, be careful kind of <laughs> Maybe check it out. It, it's hard because if it's very long, like, let's see what the trophy guide says. Live look up. 50 hours, that's actually not too bad, but I guess 50 hours doing the same thing over and over could get pretty repetitive. It's not bad to have, though, as like a, like you mentioned, sort of the Rayman Legends or yeah. the Modern Warfare Zombies, like just jump in and do an hour a couple times a week and slowly chip away at it. I know the Portland Kevin actually got the Platinum for this game somewhat recently as well, and I think he talked about the game on an episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. I could be wrong on that, but... um. I know he enjoyed his, his time with it. Yeah, it's a good one to, to look out for. I also, you know, Firewatch, guys, if you've not played Firewatch before, that game is so, so good. It's so short. It doesn't ask too much of your time. And the developer commentary that you get for the DLC pack, which is free, like you just have to start that game in that mode, is it adds a lot to the experience. It was very interesting for me because I beat the game and got the, the trophies for the, the base game back when I very first got my PS4 in 2016, and then just last year went and got the Audio Tour DLC trophies. So getting to hear the commentary on the game from like five years ago that I barely remembered was a strange experience, but you've played Firewatch, I believe, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's a great, great game. One. I also wanted to shout out Brotato. Brotato. Because I, I feel like this kind of flew under the radar. I know it started as, and I think... It was maybe a PC game that went to iOS. I didn't dabble with it on the phone, but I had kind of known what it was. Um, so it's uh, like what genre would like Vampire Survivors be? Like an idol? It's like a shm It's almost like a shmup, I want to say, but not really. Like, God, I don't even know how to describe it. It reminds me of Binding of Isaac in the art style, but I've not played the game. Yeah. So in this game, you play as this little potato. All you control is the movement of your character. The All the attacking is done automatically for you so if you know what vampire survivors is like um it's similar to that mm. but it is kind of mashed up 
in a way with the art style binding of Isaac, but also the way items work. Uh, so you go in, you do like a 60 second wave, you run around, you're doing attacks and stuff. In Vampire Survivors, you have the exact same like items and weapons that'll drop every time. Like it's just a, a set of, you know, eight items, eight weapons or whatever. I'm kind of spitballing here. In this game, there's way more items, way more perks, um, way more passives and like uh, like a stat sheet you need to kind of keep track of. And in between each round, you can like you go to this little shop and you can buy like new weapons. You can buy new items, which give you all different sorts of bonuses. But I say it reminds me of Binding of Isaac there because you can get like you can either get screwed with the items you're given or you can get extremely overpowered with the items you're given. Mm. Uh, but it's a good time. If you're looking for something like Vampire Survivors on the PlayStation, because it's not there yet, Brotato, I think, is a pretty good sub-in. It's an easy list if you... There's ex- accessibility features, which kind of can ruin the game, but you can sit there and you can mess with everything. You can drop enemy health, do more damage. Uh, so... The experience can be as easier or as hard as you want it, which is why I think it's so common. Yeah. And uh, it's only four ninety nine, so you don't have much to lose. Uh, it's also, I mean, yeah, like Vampire Survivor is a very cheap game as well. That's pretty cool. I'm, yeah, there is no uh, trophy guide for this game. I did find a Xbox Achievements Guide, roughly, and it said a 3 out of 10 if you use those accessibility options that you mentioned. Otherwise, it's a 7 out of 10 difficulty rating. And can be done in about 20 to 25 hours if you use the accessibility options. Here's the kicker, though, which could turn people off. So just warning here. Minimum number of playthroughs needed, 44. There are 44 characters and an achievement or trophy for beating a run with each of them. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. But again, <clears throat> it's one of those things, like you said, you just don't think about. Like Vampire Survivors, you just play a round or two, and you kind of end up getting a lot of stuff before you even really have to think about it. That's what I was doing. It, it kind of turned into my Ray, Rayman game while I was doing uh, Infinite Wealth, which I'm still working on. But at the start of every night, I was like picking a character. And it's like, all right, I'm going to beat the game tonight with this character. Because like one gameplay, one playthrough takes about 20 minutes. Right. So it's like, I'll hop on, do a playthrough, and then go back to Infinite Wealth. So yeah. I've been making steady progress on that. I'm at 44 out of 59 trophies. Oh, wow. That's really good then. Well done. Nice. And then last but not least, I just wanted to say for Titanfall 2, you know, that's a a notoriously cool platinum tab because of that gauntlet that you have to do in that game where you're, you know, beating the timer on the initial like training simulation and stuff. Um I need to go back and get this game cleaned up. I've like seen it posted so many times and been tempted to re-download it. I'm just missing the helmets and the hard difficulty playthrough, I think, and maybe like one or two other miscellaneous ones I can do in chapter select. So I really should just go and cleaned it up it's just i haven't been pulled to do it because my percentage in the game is over 70 percent. so it's all it's relatively like high compared to some of my other cleanup games but i really should because the, the the campaign in that game is fantastic very good very good let's go ahead then and move on let's talk about some patreon shout outs here so our show is supported by patreon you can check us out patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast we've got various tiers of support over there for you to take a look at we are Looking at ways to lower, I will say, I don't think this is bad to admit here, we are trying to lower the amount that we're asking for on our tiers there. So you might see some changes to the pay structure if you're an existing patron where your rate would go down 
but we've run into some complications that we will reach out to you guys and message you about. Turns out Patreon doesn't like you changing tier prices, even if you're lowering prices. So we've run into a little bit of a snag there, but uh, we'll keep you updated. In the meantime, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters over there. We really do appreciate you guys, and it means the world to us that you're willing to support the show in any way that you can. So this is a big thank you to Maximum Carnage, The Sly G. Cooper, Pat the Trophy Hunter, King K6969, B Down, Diego Juan, The Portland Kevin, Zachary, First Mage, Buff Cupcake, Against Me 75, and Skrillis. And Slugger, I believe you wanted to do a special thank you to Against Me 75 as well. You wanted to shout him out. Against Me 75. Let me tell you a little story about him. So I had been complaining and bitching a little bit about scalpers around Christmas time um, <laughs> I because I was looking topic. for a place. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for a PlayStation portal. I say this, so I'm going to admit a dad weakness here. Um, my daughter has kind of taken full control of my tablet. Now we do our best to limit our screen time for our kids. They're not like total tablet freaks, but they're nice when me and the wife, you know, need an hour break. If we're trying to clean the house, like, cool, you guys get an hour of tablet time. The problem is now she has essentially said that's her tablet Mm. and, uh, um, Mm. which is fine. I really only use it for remote play. And um, the PS Portal came came out, and it's like, cool, I'd rather play with those dual senses on the side of the screen anyway. That looks much more comfortable than, like, if I was doing it before, I'd have the iPad in my lap, mm-hmm. and I'd be sitting there with a the dual sense, and it's just a weird, wonky setup. Against me, 75, or sorry, I couldn't find a PlayStation Portal anywhere. My wife looked, because she was going to get one for me for Christmas. She couldn't find one anywhere. I mean, you can find them, but they're priced up like 100 to 150 bucks. Sure. It's bullshit. Sure. So against me, 75 reached out to me um, a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, I found one at my local Best Buy. I picked it up just because I know some people in the community are looking for them. And I know you express interest in wanting one. Are you interested in buying it? I was like, yep, let me talk with the wife, but consider it a yes. So. <laughs> Snag that from him. Uh, he was actually very generous because even when I said, hey, let me talk to my wife first. And he's like, well, if you're interested, like, I'll just send it to you and we can worry about payment later. Oh, yeah. So that felt nice. pretty good that I don't want to call him a, an Internet stranger because uh, he's been a part of our community for a while. But still, even then, like it can feel a little weird sending people stuff. So it was cool to have him like trust me like, hey, I'm good for I'm good for paying you the money. Well, I think he knows where uh, to find you. If you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's true. I was joking with my wife. I was like, I'm just going to delete the Discord, delete all my accounts. He disappeared. Never be on the show again. Colin, <laughs> Colin and Daryl will think I died. Yeah, just drop off the face of the earth. <laughs> oh my all for God. a PlayStation portal. Oh, my goodness. Um, but no, yeah, big shout out to you, sir. Um, I appreciate your generosity and thinking of me. The PlayStation portal has been awesome. I've used it. Uh, I've dabbled in it a couple times over the last three days since I got it. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I do agree with the sentiment that everyone else has said uh, online about I think it's at its best when your PlayStation is hardwired because I was trying it over Wi-Fi. It still worked over Wi-Fi, but I was getting like hiccups every maybe 15 to 20 seconds where I'd get a little bit of lag or there the screen would get pixelated. I found a solution to get my system hardwired um, because it wasn't in the best of places to hardwire it, but figured out a solution. Got it hardwired. It works like perfect now. Oh, that's amazing. I don't, 
I, I guess it's just that like communication over Wi-Fi, it like really breaks down. But yeah, I've had no issues. It like it runs great at home. I also want to caveat I have great internet speed, but from what I've heard, it's less about internet speed and just more about like the download and upload. Uh I mean I'm kind of contradicting myself. I've heard like even if you don't have the best speed, as long as like you're not over Wi-Fi, it can still run pretty well. And I think all streaming is kind of like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's sick. It's a comfortable system. Feels good to hold. The screen looks great. Uh, I kind of wish the screen was OLED. I think that would have been perfect, but it's great so far. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you against me for your generosity, of course, and for helping out one of the hosts here to get their hands on a portal. Now only. I am missing a portal, but I gotta admit I don't really think I would I don't really think I would use it very much, so I don't really have a desire to to get one at this point. Yeah. Really not. If you ever have kids, it's it's great. Cause then you can you know, hey wife or hey kids, the TV's yours and you can still like get some game time in. I've been using it to grind like dungeons in Infinite Wealth. So I, I guess it's been perfect for that. One question I would have is you can't what do you do for audio? Like do you can you use your Pulse headset with it or something? You need, from my understanding, you need one of the two new devices um, that have, like, the PlayStation Link. Okay. Yeah, so I, have, uh, I mean, the Pulse has one, right? That's that USB you have to plug in. I don't know, because I think it's all wireless. Let me double check. I, I'll have to actually look at the system, because it may have an aux cable plug-in. Mm. The system itself does have speakers, though. So, like... But if you're trying to like keep it quiet, maybe you're laying in bed playing at night, yeah, and you know your wife's sleeping next to you, and you want to put headphones in. I thought that was one of the big like uh, negative things about it that I've heard was you need one of the two brand new Sony maybe, headsets that came out. Yeah, maybe the newer because there is yeah you're right an updated Pulse headset, and then there's the earbuds. I've seen this article for sure. You can use the earbuds with it. You just need to pair yeah. them. So that's cool. I mean, I for the price, man, the Sony like headphones and headsets are pretty good honestly like the hundred dollars for the pulse i've had zero complaints or issues with it uh in the three years or whatever two years that i've had my ps5 if if the new one is out and it's a little better or improved i mean i'm sure it's great i'm sure it's I'm sure it's awesome all right very cool man well let's go ahead and then and get into some patreon submitted questions we've got three questions to get through for this week before we get into some trophy list reviews so the first question comes to us from the Portland Kevin. He says, hello, Trophy Czar, Trophy King, Trophy Emperor, and Trophy... I can't think of a fourth one. Sorry. I'm approaching my 20,000th trophy milestone, about 15,000... Sorry, 1,500 away right now. <laughs> 15,000. Can you imagine? <laughs> and I, and I want, I'm approaching my 20K, but I'm 15K away. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> and I want suggestions. What might be a good platinum to aim for for his milestone? I try to make these milestones a plat that is very special to me, or a special specific trophy. One that I am close on and can save for this is the Outer Wilds plat on PS5, but can you think of any better ones? So he then gives some context, which we've only got three questions, so let's just, you know, go ahead and read this. So here's some other trophy milestones that they've had. Their 100th plat uh, was The Witness. Their 200th plat was God of War 2018. Their 300th plat was Dark Souls. 400th plat was Mass Effect 3. As far as some trophy milestones, 6,000 trophies was Rezogun's Plat, 7,000 trophies was the Legend Trophy in Skyrim, 8,000th trophy was Minimalist in Unfinished Swan, the uh, 9,000th trophy was the Bioshock uh, Platinum for the PS4, and the 10,000th 
platinum was the or sorry trophy was the platinum for bloodborne so some pretty good ones there i mean we've talked about on the show how milestones don't necessarily mean quite as much to some of us maybe as it does for other people in the community but i still think it's important to for the big ones to take a look at just be cognizant you know you don't want like my name is mayo for your 15,000th trophy or maybe you do i'm not sure but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so let's go to you, Slugger, and uh, you know we can we can discuss obviously back and forth. What did you think for the Portland Kevin here? What would you recommend? You throw me to the wolves. That's right, I am. I mean, I, <laughs> there's it's, a lot of good options, right? Yeah, this is very difficult, just because. So, uh, Portland Kevin, just so you're aware, I have your trophy advisor pulled up, and I sorted by platinums you don't have. That's what I did as well. Um, and you have a lot of great games that, in my opinion, like at, even just on the first page without going through the two or three pages, like mm-hmm. I would argue like three quarters of these games are worthy of a milestone. I I think I've spoke before. I'm not a huge milestone person just because I I had at one moment. I believe it was actually uh, the first like a dragon or like a dragon seven uh, I did for 200 and I hated my life because that was like a 120 hour game. And it's like, I just want to take a break from this game and like knock something else out right. um, and then come back to it. And I couldn't because I was locked in at 199 and I wanted that to be 200. So I was like, I'm never going to care about milestones again. I like Colin said, I still try and um, kind of take my time or I'll at least take a look and see if there's anything good or worthwhile to kind of fluff out uh, my profile, especially the big ones, like every 100. I don't do the 25 and 50 um, increments at this point. I just do the hundreds. Yeah. And I'm probably going to be the same now that I'm at like, what did I just get? One, a platinum 102. So the next one I'll probably like really focus on is 150 maybe. Yeah. Look at, but... I, I think every 50 is like a fair one. I think if you go every 25, that's almost like, I don't know. You could drive yourself batty with that. Right. But yeah, I didn't. I mean, there's yeah, there's so much great stuff. I'm just going to kind of like list off some series he has here. So right. Resident Evil, there's a couple games. We got like Village, RE2, RE4. Any of those would be awesome milestones. Last of Us Part 2 would be an awesome milestone. Yeah, or Part 1. I know he's, you don't have, a, well, at least the PS3 or PS4. He has the first game on there, but I'm not sure which version this is. Oh, it can't be for nothing. I, so it's PS4 and the PS3. Yeah. He's got both on his list. Okay. You got Spider-Man games on here. You got Uncharted games on here. Mm-hmm. A couple Souls games. Like, all these would be amazing. So, I guess my advice is, I think you have plenty of good options here. I know some people care about, like, difficulty. Like, I want to get a very difficult or very rare platinum for a milestone. Some people want it to be something they love and they're passionate and they don't... Or passionate about and they don't care how difficult it is. That's kind of where I stand on it. Same. Um, so, I think it kind of... It sounds like you're leaning more towards something you're passionate about. Like you mentioned Outer Wilds. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could just pick one because I think a couple things go into it, like how you kind of feel on a certain series at any given time. But yeah, looking through your list, like I said, I would say like three quarters of these would be great Milestone Platinums. There's a Fallout New Vegas one in here. That yep. would be pretty cool. Um, Persona 4 would be cool. Prototype. Shovel Knight's a great one. Yeah. I don't know. You got you got a lot of choices, my guy. I don't know if I can pick one. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that you should not do something new if you don't want. Like, you don't need to go to a new game for, for this milestone. 
if you don't want to. It's hard to say exactly which to go for because we don't know your specific... We got an idea based on what he said some of his other milestones were, but we don't know the specifics of which of these franchises mean more to you than some others. I mean, we can see that you do have a Dark Souls milestone and a Bloodborne milestone, right? And I see see you have Dark Souls 3 that you started recently, so that's potentially an option. Yeah, or if you're going for the difficulty discussion, you have quite a few on here that are pretty tough. So you could do something like that. I also think it might be kind of cool to do like an Uncharted game. You know, Uncharted Drake's Fortune I see is on your list. That's an old school, you know, PlayStation franchise and game. That could be a fun one. You've got Resident Evil 7 is also on here. I think of the Resident Evils you have on your list to finish off, I would choose either 2 or 7 to go for rather than 4 or 8. I think those So I did yeah. I did seven for one of my milestones. I think it was 250, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a great pick. It felt yeah. like a really solid milestone platinum. Yes, and there's a ton of... That game has some of the best DLC, not just in any Resident Evil game, but in many games I've played. That DLC for that game is incredible, and it's tough, and it's challenging, and adds a lot. So, I don't know. I think maybe... I don't see a Resident Evil one on your list, right? And you're already obtained milestones. So, I might throw my hat in the ring and say go for resident evil 7 the bio splattered platinum as uh, as one and then i think my backup choice would probably actually be uncharted drake's fortune platinum just to have something maybe classic sony on there but uh, yeah again as slugger said you got a lot of, a lot of options there so don't buy anything new you don't need to i kind of like that I'd, I'd double down on a resident evil game kind of mix it up since you got two souls games there mm-hmm. especially when you consider those milestones stay on your profile and it's kind of like a nice showcase, but you can't control it. So um, like Colin said, we can garner from looking that you're a Souls fan. But right. if you're like big on Resident Evil or one of these other series and you really like these series, it'd be cool to kind of get those to populate on your profile to live there forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think, I don't know, I've kind of accidentally had my milestones become somewhat telling in a way like my first platinum was a Telltale game right my 10th platinum was a call of duty game and then my 20th is a call of duty game i got a couple indies in there but you know my 75th was last of us part two which i did on purpose and then my 100th was spider-man 2 i did that on purpose so i don't know there's there's some good ones in there as well i think uh i think you'll make the right choice okay let us know what you choose though obviously and you're 1500 away so that also means you've got some time maybe you want to get through some of these other ones as just normal cleanup and then get to that milestone trophy but uh let us know what you do i'm curious to see i'm about 128 trophies away it looks like from my 6,000th plat so or sorry 6,000th uh trophy Oof. Uh, so i'll need to uh figure something out as well but thank this you. this is crazy i'm looking at my milestones yeah so i have 21,981 trophies okay all the way up to 10,000 trophies, you get like a trophy milestone every. It starts with like 10, then hundreds, and then by the time you hit a thousand, it goes 1,000th trophy, 2,000th, so on and so forth. Yep. Or there's some 500 jumps there too. But now that I'm above, or once you get above 10,000 trophies, it's every 5,000 trophies is a milestone. (laughs) Yeah. Which I guess that's what he's talking about. But I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, shit, my next milestone isn't for like 4,000 trophies. That's crazy. That is, 
Yeah, I, wow, holy shit. It might actually even be above 5,000, because my 5,000th is listed here, but I don't have my 55th hundred one. Like, so, yeah, and I'm above 5,500. I have 5,872, so it must jump after five, and then it just goes every thousand. That's crazy. And then after 300 Platinums on PSN Profiles, the 20... I don't know. This is weird how it breaks out because it goes 225th platinum, mm-hmm. 250th platinum, and then I guess they're at 250, the 25 stop because yeah. it went 250th platinum. The next milestone was 300th platinum. Okay. After that was 350th. Wow. So the higher you go, the less milestones you get, which is probably where it may become more important to pick out good ones. Yeah, that's a good point. A good point. Well, shit. Let us know, Kevin, what you end up doing. And thank you for the question, sir. Appreciate it. All right, next up, we've got Maximum Carnage. He says, greetings to the Pineapple King and his Pineapple Knights of the Round. <laughs> what are some favorite <laughs> video game slash early internet schoolyard rumors, whether true or false? For me, I remember reading a post on supercheats.com that in the OG FF7, the hidden island in the upper right corner of the world map that was only accessible via Gold Chocobo was full of boss monster random encounters. To my disappointment, it was full of goblins, but the cave at the island did contain the ultimate summon materia, Knights of the Round. Pretty good trade-off. So, this is a cool one. I must admit that I had trouble really remembering and thinking back that far to the schoolyard kind of rumors and what was going on, but of course, given the timing that you and I were young, Slugger, we're similar in age, I'm sure we both immediately thought of Pokemon here, right? Yeah. Okay, (laughs) yeah, so what did you have for some of the schoolyard stuff? So I I don't remember. So it wasn't really a rumor because it was in the game, but the whole missing no thing um, with Pokemon where you could. Oh, yeah. But what I forget what you could do with him. Didn't he give you unlimited rare candies or like max a certain number of items? I think you caught him. I think he duped your rare candies up to like ninety nine or nine ninety nine, something like that. You got the max number of rare candies. But it could also corrupt your save and fuck up your game. (laughs) Yeah, it was scary to mess with. Right, right. Because, like, you couldn't battle with him, if I remember right, or that's where it started to get dicey, Mm -hmm. like, just by having him in your party. Right, right. Um, I did have to do a little Googling. Um, I think you actually kind of told me about this before we started, but I had to Google what it actually was. But there was that whole rumor that Mew was in the game um, in Pokemon Red and Blue. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, through my research while we've been talking, was actually sort of true. Oh, really? Uh, because okay. Mew was in the game files. And I read here that the um, creator of the game like put Mew into the files like a couple weeks before the game launched. Oh. Uh, so it says here, I'm reading on ScreenRant.com, Nintendo itself did not even know Mew was in the game at first as programmer... Shigeki Morimoto had created the Pokemon just two weeks before the game launched in Japan, not intending for anyone outside of Game Freak to find it. (laughs) And then the files were accidentally discovered via a glitch. And people that kind of started the whole rumors of, oh, there's this hidden Pokemon that's in the game and people trying to find him. But now that I've kind of like researched this, I do remember people talking about it at school because there was this little island with a truck on it south of uh, like one of the cities in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And people speculated that, like, that truck had something to do with Mew. Like, you had to use strength on the truck, or um, there's different ways to make Mew spawn. And from what I remember, none of them ever worked, but. No, I, I, I have a distinct memory of it being something about going in the sea, like, swimming with a Pokemon, like, on the water, 
behind the cruise ship, the SS Anne, in some town, right? I, re- I remember that sort of distinctly. And what's weird about it, though, is I could have swore I actually saw Mew. Not in my game, but, like, I remember looking at other people's Game Boy and being like, yep, that's Mew. Like, they have him. Like, I remember seeing someone and people having Mew. But I think what that was was maybe yellow version. You could actually get him. And the rumor was about red and blue. And then, because, you know, yellow is sort of like the director's cut of red and blue. It basically just kind of is the ultimate version of those two games. I could be wrong on that. Let me Google this real quick. Can you get Mew in Pokemon Yellow? In red and blue, it says here, through a complex set of inputs, Pokemon Red and Blue's trainer fly glitch enabled players to obtain Mew without external interference. Um, And when they talk about external interference, I guess if you had a Game Shark, you could get Mew in red and blue. That's it. But since internet was a the Wild West back then, and people there wasn't really like forums or gaming sites where people could go talk about this. Like the, I guess that trainer fly glitch. I didn't know about that. Didn't really spread as much as just the base rumor of Mew being in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting. I'm looking at a screenshot now. There is a wiki on how to get it in the yellow version, but it is like a glitch. You know, you don't like encounter a wild Mew. But yeah, that. I mean, I remember that one being massive, and especially after the first movie came out. And Mew is like the legendary Pokemon in there with Mewtwo. And, you know, Mewtwo is in the game. And, of course, the other legendary Pokemon are in the game with Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, and then the dogs and Ho-Oh and Lugia once you get to silver and gold. It's like, well, why wouldn't Mew be in the game? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, my imagination ran wild with that one back in the day. For sure. I love that even across the country, we were all spouting off and hearing the same Pokemon rumors. Pokemon was just so big. So big. Yeah, it's such a massive game. Because I would have been in New York. You would have been in California, I assume. Yeah, I was in Sacramento at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had the other one, everyone was obsessed with it. Anyway, go ahead. No, I had a couple others. The Did you do any? So I don't know if this was a rumor. I felt like I heard everyone's different theories around the playground hearing this. But did you do anything specific to like make your Pokeball work better? Like pressing A at a certain time or tapping a certain sequence of buttons while the while the Pokeball was shaking or tapping. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I feel like everyone yeah. had their own like theory on like, oh, if I tap, you know, mash a button while the Pokeball is shaking, mm-hmm. I have a better mm-hmm. chance of it working. I think I remember something about that. I, don't, I think it was just mashing is kind of what I had heard, but it didn't obviously really work. And I'd be curious to watch a speed run and see if there is anything like that in the game actually like if you throw the ball on this frame or something it's like more likely to to catch it but no i don't i don't remember anything with that necessarily yeah i was a tapping kid while the pokeball was i would tap a as fast as i could oh yeah and i didn't know if it worked or not but i remember like talking to friends like like oh you don't do that but why it helps you like it works better why would you not yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yep and then um the last one i had outside of pokemon um I don't I don't remember engaging with this rumor as much or trying to find it, but I remember hearing about it quite a bit was that Luigi did actually like exist in Mario 64 as a playable character and mm. um you could find him and play as him. I don't remember the sequence of like what, you know, rumor-wise what you had to do to get him. And then wasn't there I feel like there was a rumor too about Yoshi being on top of the castle. I and remember it was, that. Yeah. But I never I think they actually it, so put, I couldn't try it. Yeah, I think they actually put Yoshi on top of the castle in the Game Boy, uh, in the 3DS version, or the DS version of the game, Mm -hmm. which was cool. Yeah, a little Easter egg call out there. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't because I didn't own a N64. I kind of missed those set of rumors, but I do think it's funny that we remember the Nintendo one right now, right? Because the example, so two examples. That I have three things that I remember. Two of them are Nintendo. We we already talked about the Pokemon one, so I had the exact same experience there. I remember in Super Smash Brothers Melee being very unclear on how new characters became available to battle and thus unlock. And there was all these rumors about how you got different characters to appear, like Mr. Game and & Watch and Roy and Marth and eventually Mewtwo and all these things, right? So I just remember there being people throwing out wild theories of like, oh, you got to beat three level nine Captain Falcons while you're solo, right? Like 1v3. Or you need to get this score in this minigame of kicking and, and hitting the sandbag. Or you need to get this speed score when you're doing the target practice ones uh, in that game. Or beat the campaign this many times. Or... I believe there was even one where there was multiple options for how to unlock characters, and some of them involved like just grinding out matches, and other ones was like leave the game running for 36 hours or something like that, and Mewtwo will will uh, challenge, and you can try to you know beat him. So mm. that was pretty fun, and also on the GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine, there was just a lot of weird parts of those levels that seemed like there was a secret there. And that game did such a good job. I'm sure like Mario 64 of being like, oh, here's a, a blue coin because you did this random thing that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Or here's like a hidden shine or a hidden star. And so you just sort of thought that there was secrets everywhere because the game typically did put secrets a lot of the places. And there was this underwater level that at the bottom of the level, there was these old ruins that you could just kind of swim around as Mario. And I mean, there wasn't really anything there. There's basic, you know, assets in the game. But there was a book on a table inside a house in these ruins at the bottom of the ocean that you could see through the windows but not get to. And there was a rumor that you could eventually get to it and it would take you to like a secret level. And I remember hearing about that and I tried that like multiple times and just... I remember just swimming around that house and just looking at it and seeing the book and being like so amazed by like, wow, I wonder what the hell that is. <laughs> I wonder how to do hmm. it. So hmm. that might have been a, a, more of a local sort of thing just because me and my friends were obsessed with Sunshine during middle school. But yeah, that one. And then the last one, which was I was a little bit older, was with Halo Combat Evolved, where the rumor was that you got to see Master Chief's face if you beat the game on Legendary back in the day which of course is not true. Uh, you do get a separate little ending that involves Johnson and an elite if you beat the game on Legendary, but the camera still fades away at the last second when you when you see Chief starting to take his helmet off. So you actually still don't end up seeing Master Chief's face until Legendary ending of Halo 4 in the, in the Halo games. But I do remember that one there's, as well. There's so many good Easter eggs and rumors surrounding the Halo series. There's a ton, and there's actually a ton in the levels. There's a lot of hidden stuff. In the yeah. games and a lot of achievements for them on the master chief collection so you can you find i think of like the the ape people in yeah. halo 2 yeah yeah well yeah it's halo 3 but i know exactly what you're talking or halo about. halo 3 yeah yeah there's also in halo 2 there's that door with the two people two marines arguing behind it on legendary and they are uh people from rooster teeth and they're voicing some of the marines there and that's pretty fun it's like a secret set of dialogues there's the grunt that like hides and runs away from you I think his name's Yip Yap in Halo 1 on the final level. You have to get out of the Warthog <laughs> and go find him in the tunnels. So, yeah, there's just lots of cool shit like that. And the Scarab Gun, right, in Halo 2, which ended up being a real thing, but the first time someone, like, told me you had to basically shoot the wings off a Banshee and then fly it through the tunnel where it's not supposed to go to get it to a different part of the map, then fly up on top of this building and there's a gun that shoots the Scarab weapon. 
He said, it sounds like it's crazy, right? But it's real, actually. <laughs> it's in the game. And there's uh, achievements and stuff for that in Master Chief. So very good stuff in the <clears throat> Halo franchise. I do have to correct myself super fast because I, I wanted to Google it. You, uh, Yoshi was on top of the castle in Mario oh, 64. Okay. I guess it felt like a rumor to me because how you do it is collecting all the stars and beating the game. And I never collected all the stars in that game. So I never actually saw Yoshi for myself on top of the castle. Right. Um, but yeah, he was there if you 100% the game. Oh, shit. That's very cool. Yeah, I never got all the shines in Mario Sunshine either. I did beat the game, but I didn't like 100% it. And uh, I'm sure there's some cool shit in Mario Odyssey. I really need to spend more time with that game. At some point. Yeah, there's so much to do in that game. And I Me and my it, so. daughter are playing it right now. It's a blast. Oh, you are? Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I need to. It's kind of cool. You can co-op. So she plays Mario. I play as the hat, which sounds kind of lame at first, but mm-hmm. I'm actually able to help her a crap ton as yeah. the hat. So or Cappy, whatever his name is. Yeah, I think it's Cappy. So mm-hmm. We're having a good time with that. That's great. Yeah, it's such a fun game. So. All right. Well, cool. Thank you, Maximum Carnage, for the question and for the <clears> trip down memory lane. Our last question comes to us from the Sly G Cooper. Last time he asked us about franchises that we wanted to, you know, continue and keep alive and proliferate in many ways. And this question is sort of the opposite of that, which is which three alive franchises would you kill or stop if given the opportunity and why? Now, he didn't specify video games here, but I kept it to video games. I think you did, too. So, yep. uh, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll throw out <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out a couple here because I think yours are blasphemy. Uh, a couple <laughs> of them are absolutely ridiculous. And you're probably going to say the same for some of mine. So my first choice is Destiny. I think that that franchise, as cool as it is, as big as it was, has run its course. And I don't really think that there's a place for it anymore among live service games. The staff and the team at Bungie have been putting out, I think, relatively inconsistent content. From what I've gathered, I looked at reviews and sort of like opinions on their last few expansions that they put out. And while there are some high marks, I don't feel like the quality level is there anymore. I feel like people have sort of left this game. Many people have turned to other shooters, other multiplayer games to sort of get that same fix. And I just kind of think it's run its course. And I would love to see Bungie try something different. You know, they've what's crazy to put into context is that as much as we think of Halo when we think of Bungie, they have spent just as much time on Destiny as they did making all of those Halo games that we love them for. You think about when Halo that's, 1 released. That's crazy. Yeah, Halo 1 releases, right? And you got Halo Reach in 2011. So for all intents and purposes, you had 11 years there, basically, of Halo. But you had Destiny 1 in 2013. Okay. And here we are in 2024. They're still putting out expansions for Destiny 2. I just think it's time. You got to move on. I don't know what else you really want to do with that IP. I don't know if they're going to do a sequel or whatever, but I think they should just cut it, focus all their efforts on Marathon, right? Make that the best thing it can be, but also maybe get a team together and make something new and different. Go back to what you are known for and what people love even about the Destiny expansions, which is the lore and the stories and the characters, right? Like, of course, the gunplay is immaculate, but we don't need a live service game from you, Bungie. We just need a good game. Good shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, make a good multiplayer game. Make a good PvP game. That's that's what I want to see out of them. So Destiny's my first one. I'll pass it to you because maybe we can go back and forth. It'll be better than just, you know, ranting. So what do you got for your okay. first one? My first one is Halo. Yeah, all right. That's it for um, us here today on uh, Trophy <laughs> Talk episode one. <laughs> 
No, I, that, I threw that in there in jest because I knew you would see it. Oh, you saw um, I actually, I don't totally disagree with you, though. If you were like, there's no more Halo games for, like, let's take a 15-year break from this franchise, I'd be like, fine with me. So Yeah, so I think my answers would drastically change if this was like, can we kill these for maybe 15 to 20 years, give them a break, and then let them come back? Right. And then maybe I would say Halo. But I think mine, I'm kind of happy with mine if they're dead forever. Mm-hmm. one or two well two of them are probably going to be controversial saints row i think that i think that series that franchise is just toast I it started so. as a parody of grand theft auto games and it's almost become a parody of itself now which maybe some people like but it's i don't know i think three was like it was they were getting better and better up to three three was awesome and then instead of just making more similar to three they kept trying to like up the zaniness so like four turned into superheroes and aliens and then you had the gat out of hell which those games are fun gameplay wise but like i think for me peak saints row is like saints row 2 mm-hmm. it had modern gameplay it was a little wacky but nothing too insane or over the top or crazy it, it was just a good blend of kind of being a parody of like the grand theft auto series yeah the newest saints row when they tried to reboot the series i think was just kind of like i don't think it'll be the nail in the coffin but it feels like it should be the nail in the coffin for the series like let this series just rest a little bit yeah i think it probably will be for a while yeah yeah i don't have much more than that or much more to say on that series than that uh saints row just really kind of soured my experience overall as that whole you know for that entire franchise so saints row it is yeah that's a very fair point because when you think about what the point of that game is right you mentioned it's sort of a parody sort of spoof on grand theft auto do we really need that when gta 6 is coming out next year like who's gonna truly be like oh i wish i could play saints row not gta 6 yeah like nobody right and if if anything or if gta 5 is anything to go on gta 6 is going to be supported and going to be around for a decade Oh, it's so, going to be massive. There's really no... I don't think there's any room for another game like that. Now, I know that a lot of people maybe say that's kind of stupid. Why wouldn't you want like more competition in the space for that type of game? And I agree most of the time. Like I don't think there should only be Call of Duty for shooters, for example, or things like that. There shouldn't only be Resident Evil for survival horror. But for these type of games and what they do, I mean, Rockstar is just the best. And I don't think anything anything open world crime game is going to be able to compete with gta 6 if i was making a new mafia game i would be shitting my pants right now and i think they probably are making a new one and i think i would be just devastated i I don't know how you expect that game to compete i don't know what overlapping portion of the consumer base is going to choose that game over gta 6 as far as spending time and then playing so i don't know i mean that's a tough one but yeah i agree with you on saints row uh so my second one is horizon sony franchise here horizon zero dawn of course the first game in the franchise then we had horizon forbidden west we've had horizon call of the mountain we had horizon the burning shores we've got an mmo style multiplayer game coming for horizon we've got a tv show coming for horizon we're gonna have a third game coming for horizon. i mean it's just jesus fucking christ like what are we doing here (laughs) i don't it's too many things for this franchise that i don't think deserves it and here's why i'll say that the game is beautiful it's gorgeous, right? I, I, get, I get it. It's a technical masterpiece. It's a showpiece, and it's got some really great ideas in terms of 
robot dinosaurs? Like, of course. Like, why not? But it just, it doesn't come together in the same way that some of the other Sony packages do to me. And I think it's pretty obvious when you start talking to people about, oh, what are some of your favorite games on the Sony platform? When I talk to my friends casually, when I look in our Discord, that's had a couple hundred members over the years, right? And when we talk to people online, I don't see people talking about Horizon really at all in the same way that I see them talking about God of War, Spider-Man, The Last of Us, even things like Days Gone, Ghost of Tsushima, Ratchet and Clank, right? I feel like Horizon is sort of like the Metroid of the Sony franchises in that people Mm -hmm. think it's bigger than it is. And the sales are good, don't get me wrong, but they're good because it's a Sony first-party game, and especially with Forbidden West and things like that, there hasn't been that many exclusives. So people are buying them because it's like, well, fuck, here it is, right? But we gave up Killzone for that. We gave up the Killzone franchise in a time when Sony really could capitalize on that. We see Helldivers doing really well, right? I, I think Killzone would do really well right now. Or let alone, let them make something new. I can't believe, again, we're going to be at a point soon where this company is going to have spent a decade on this franchise. And we've seen two core games. Two games that are very similar to most other open world games. And in fact, I think the combat is okay, mediocre at best in the in the horizon yeah. games right mm-hmm. it's uh it's let me be in my menus simulator 1.0 and 2.0 that's what that game is uh i don't i just yeah i know a lot of people have love for this franchise and and i know people especially like the first game i've 100 percented the first game i'm not saying it's bad i just don't think it's worth it the investment and resources that we're putting into this franchise is not going to get you what you think it is i don't see horizon 3 coming out and being like it's 10 million sold i see it coming out and be like maybe it's Three million, but is that worth ten years to get to that point? I don't know. So Horizon, I just don't. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I don't think the series, like you said, it like doesn't have a lot of staying power. Exactly. Like the games come out and they're really hot for like a week, and there's a lot of chatter about them. Even that's debatable because they've been overshadowed twice now. Yeah, uh, I forget what they were overshadowed by the first time, but. When Forbidden West came out, it was Elden Ring they were competing with. So Elden Ring, or uh, God, the second uh, Horizon game just kind of like... Forbidden West, It was yeah. there for a day or two, and then was just like gone. It felt like it was out of like the public like uh, conversation. Yeah. Now, I want to... Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say, I'll let me, just for a stat real fast for you. The, so the two games combined, as of April last year, have sold 32.7 million units. So... It is a lot of sales for these games. I'm not saying that they, that they don't sell, but like that probably also includes the game of the year edition that was on sale for 15 to $20. That's when I got the game, right? It includes many, many other things. You had Forbidden West on the extra service, right? So that probably hurt it in terms of sales for a while. I think Sony actually came out and said that it did, that that was yeah. an experiment and it didn't work well or as well as they would have hoped maybe. So I, don't, I just, again, like I think your point is perfect. The staying power. I don't hear about this game from trophy hunters, and I don't hear about it from my casual friends who play on PlayStation and who really love video games. They talk about Ghost of Tsushima. They talk about Last of Us. They talk about God of War. talk about Spider-Man, right? Again, all these other franchises, they don't talk about Horizon. So, yep. All right, sir, what do you got? What do you got for your second one? All right, controversial pick number one, Borderlands. Oh, that's a great choice. Kind of in the, kind of in the same vein as... Uh, it, which is funny because the trailer for the new movie just dropped (laughs) right but it's i don't think they're like milking the franchise it's not a horizon 
I mean, they're not really milking Horizon. It's just it sounds like they're trying to. Right. Um, I think it's just they're kind of losing. This is gonna sound weird because I was gonna say they're losing touch with the, like the good things about the game. I think Borderlands One was good. Borderlands Two built in the best way as possible on top of it. And I don't think they've captured that magic since Borderlands 2. Like, Borderlands 2 had the great gameplay, the fun loot. Um, I thought a really good story. Uh, like, you had handsome, the intro to Handsome Jack there and his whole story. Um, and it kind of, to me, it, the series started falling off the cliff after 2. Because then they went pre-sequel. Definitely not as good, but it was more Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Number 3, I would argue the the gameplay itself got a little better, but the story in my eyes was just awful. The DLC wasn't very great. Uh, and now I'm playing Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands. Okay, not the which, short one. There's like her one-shot adventure too. Right? No, this is like the full the full game. Okay. Uh, I'm dabbling in that. Uh, I was using it to fill time before I played Infinite Wealth, which this game's okay. I can see they were trying to do something different. Because I have like an overworld, you run around this overworld, but and then you like portal into like the big actual play areas where you're in a first person mode. But like the writing sucks. Tiny Tina is annoying as hell. People never stop talking. Uh, the characters they do have that are talking, they weren't even in any previous Borderlands games. And all all it is, it's like, hey, I have these two people who are supposed to be like you know, the main characters of this game, I haven't seen them in a cutscene. All I see <laughs> is their little, like, voice box up in the corner as they talk to me. Um, and I don't know. The writing's all over the place. It's it's almost more annoying now than it is good. Mm. Um, Borderlands 3 was the same way. Like, the main villains they had in that game, I thought, were just annoying as hell, and they had stupid motives. It's And I feel kind of dumb saying that, because... I don't know if anyone's really playing Borderlands for the stories. I think people play it for the loot and for the grind and for the gunplay. But for me, I liked the story in 1 and 2. So when the story started to dip off and the writing kind of leaned more and I don't know, I hate this edgy, like, Tiny Tina takes over everything vibe we got going on now the last couple games. I'm just, I think this game needs a nice, or this franchise needs a nice long break. So. Yep, I agree. I think that's, um... Yeah, it's a really good choice that I had not thought of. I've been so disinterested in these games for so long because they just seem like they get churned out now. And I know that's not true. Like we're saying, like there there are actually good amounts of time in between these releases, but I just don't know. Again, what is the point? Like who I don't hear people clamoring for more Borderlands. And maybe that's just my circle. Obviously, the games are selling relatively well, but I, I think of maybe like two to three people in the Discord who are really into them. I know Quinn was pretty into them in the past. Um, I think Skrillis has also been into them. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I can't really. Don't uh, get me wrong. I, I love them. I just feel like every game since two is trending in a worse and worse direction. Yeah. And I'd rather them just kill it while it still has some life to it. Yeah, I've played about half of two back on the Xbox 360. I beat the game, like the story in the pre-sequel. Uh, back when Daryl and Eli and I were racing that when we first started trophy hunting. And then I've played and beaten Tiny Tina's one-shot adventure, but I have all the cleanup for that stuff still. And the cleanup and the grind in these games is just so fucking annoying from a trophy perspective. So I, yeah, I just haven't gone back to it. And I don't think, like, it's a fine shooter, right? But if I'm looking for a FPS, this game doesn't feel smooth. 
in my mind. Borderlands doesn't feel as good as like playing Call of Duty or Halo or Battlefield or Titanfall or Destiny or like there's just so yeah. many better shooters than that game. So, all right, well, yeah, I think it's a really solid choice. All right, my last and final pick is Pokemon. Now, this will never happen, and I have no justification for this. This is kind of a joke one, but also I'm serious <laughs> where it's like, how many fucking Pokemon do you need, right? Like, we, I turned on Pokemon Go the other day. I had not played in years. I was like, all right, let me just see, like, what's going on here, because we had been talking about it on some recent shows. I'm like, let me just check this out. Caught a Pokemon that was new to my Pokedex. Number 956 is Pokemon. Are you kidding me with this shit? Yeah, just look. There's 1,025 Pokemon now. Yeah. Are you kidding me with this shit? Got, got to catch them all. <laughs> got to catch them all. Got to know the special moves for all of them. Got to understand the rock, paper, scissors of their Pokemon types with all the other Pokemon types. Got to, like... I'm like, dude, it'd be one thing if the formula for the games was changing in a, in a way that made them exciting, but they're the exact same type of games, guys, and they're the really just the exact same types of Pokemon with very slight variations in a new name. Like... There's nothing new art style wise. There's nothing new and creative here that I've seen that's really like, oh my gosh, like, wow. You know, I think Legends Arceus or whatever, the more open worldy style one, was an attempt at something. And then it didn't do well because the game had a bunch of performance issues because it was rushed because they feel the need to annualize a Pokemon game every year. So I think you should just stop. That's it. That's enough Pokemon. Come up with something else, Game Freak. You've been coasting on that since fucking 1990. Let's, uh, you know, let's maybe get our creative juices flowing again. Okay. You can do it. I have faith in you. Enough Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you have for your last one? You're going to hate it. Or maybe you're going to love it. But Call of Duty. (laughs) Wow, dude. Wow. (laughs) My my heart. My heart. But to me. All right. So in the same vein as Pokemon, they feel like they need to annualize this franchise. And Mm -hmm. Modern Warfare 3, uh, the great DLC. Is um a great reason. I don't know if I'd like to see this series killed off. I think it probably deserved to, deserves to be killed off to make way for more shooters. But they've kind of ran this franchise into the ground, and understandably so, because people keep buying it. I'm one of those people that keep buying these games. Me too. But I don't like this trend, this direction they're going. Everything is surrounding... The, so the DLC thing was annoying. Like, whatever. But... When I log into the game, when you're like, hey, let's play some zombies, I go into the game, I have like four pop-up ads I got to get through that are telling me the new things about the battle pass and all the new things in the store, all the new ways I can give Activision more of my money. It's just there's so much bloat surrounding these games now, and it's obnoxious. Like, I open up the menu to start the game. I can't even find out if I'm in Modern Warfare 2. I can't find out if I'm in Modern Warfare 3. I'm trying to just edit a gun loadout. And I open up the gun loadout and there's like 40 tabs of different things I can click through. Um, (laughs) It took me 20 tabs to get to that page. Oh, you want to find your friends? Hit the right stick. And I hit that. And then there's like 10 options on that screen of different, you know, menus that open up more menus. I'm honestly just shitting on this game for the menu layout right now. (laughs) The the menu layout Um, is atrocious, though. It should be said. And then everything just revolves back to battle pass and stores. It's like, oh, you want this, uh, you know, we see you're looking, you're building this new gun. And uh, do you want this new dope skin for this gun? Oh, you can give us 20 bucks. Or, oh, you're selecting your character? See all these, like, 40 40 to 50 dope-looking characters? Well, you got to buy 32 of those. The other ones we'll give to you. But, you know, 
75 percent of these you got to spend money on (laughs) yeah it's it feels so bad to unlock those sectors or whatever in the battle pass and it's like there's six items in this sector that you just unlocked with your points you earned from playing and you get one of them yeah you're like okay and you don't even get to pick which one it is which would be maybe another way to do it here's five choices you get one for free um no you you don't get that (laughs) in what what bugs me is this game is very clearly on the full, you know, full scale live service train. Yeah. And it bugs me that they still charge $70 a year for the game. When they go and ask, you know, half to three quarters of the shit in the game, you have to pay extra for on top of the $70 you just spent. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I missed the Call of Duty days, you know, Modern War- the original Modern Warfare 1 through 3, Black Ops 1, 1 and 2, where it's like, cool, you buy the game, that's what you get. You buy the DLC map packs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of annoying but like when i buy the base game everything there is to unlock in that game i have access to i just got to work for it yes in this game i don't have that option i have to open up my wallet there's no like or sometimes you even have to do work to unlock the stuff that you pay for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i think is ridiculous i don't know if you noticed that in the battle pass but it's like oh in the battle pass you can drop a token on this character but then to also unlock the character you have to get like 400 headshots with this other character Yep. And it's like, but I just spent money on it. Why can't I just have it? Why like Right. So not only do I have to pay for it, but I also have to work for it. Like either let me work for it or let me pay for it. Why do I have to do both? It's such I a think, bad system. Yeah. It's, I think it's the series has just kind of gone off the deep end. And I think if they keep going in this direction, uh I'm curious to see what Xbox does with it, if I'm being honest. But I think it's just gonna get I don't want it to, but I could see it getting worse and worse year after year and then just getting more and more greedy. I would love to see them trend in the other direction under Microsoft, but we'll see. Well, yeah, and as you remember, I'm sure, and maybe listeners do too, this was supposed to be an off year for Call of Duty. We were told for a long time leading up to this last year of 2023 that 2023 was going to have a DLC for Modern Warfare 2 that was going to be pretty meaty in the single-player sense and some new map packs, but we were not going to get a new mainline release, and there was going to be sort of an off year for Call of Duty. Turns out they didn't do that, and we got what we got, which... You know, again, I've given my thoughts on Modern, Modern Warfare 3 a lot. I don't think it's as good at all as some of those games you mentioned from the, earlier in the franchise. I also don't think it's a 4 out of 10, like IGN gave the campaign. Um, but it, it is certainly a downhill trend. I looked at this article while you were talking that gave just snapshots of the IGN review. And again, it's just IGN, just one, one, one spot. But all the review scores for every mainline Call of Duty since the, the franchise began. And it is very clear that there is a downward trend in the games very clear it looks like it peaked at about the black ops 3 time frame which i cannot believe ign gave that game a 9.2 i cannot fucking believe that but they did wow (laughs) but they did and since then it's been going down and down i don't think that that's a surprise if you're someone who's played some of the more recent call of duties though i really enjoy the multiplayer for modern warfare 2 like the reboot of the franchise i thought the campaign for the first one in 2019 was really strong Oh, it's good. But they just can't put together <clears throat> the full package anymore. Their battle pass needs serious work. Like I think it needs to be something more like the Master Chief Collections armory unlocks, where you there are daily missions and there are weekly missions in the game, and you can get them in campaign or zombies, or in Halo's case, you can get them in campaign, in firefight, or in multiplayer. You get the points, you redeem them on on different things in these battle passes. The battle passes never go away. And you can choose to unlock whatever piece of it you want at every time. And that's fine. And I'd also be cool with them charging money for skins. What I'm not cool with is them charging money for brand new guns in these battle passes that then become 
the meta guns that you have to use, that you have to equip if you want to win gunfights in Warzone and multiplayer. To me, that is bullshit. And I don't know how that factors into the ranked system, right? Those guns might be banned in ranked, and I hope that they are to have a level playing field, but that is still absolutely ridiculous that you are going to be almost required to have some of these guns if you want to be competitive. So it's a horrible system. It needs work. They, I agree with you. I, I don't know if I'd say kill it, but let's get rid of it for five years, okay? And uh, if, the, if the game is good enough, as people know, people will continue to play it, right? People still play Halo 3 online Yeah. to this day. So if the multiplayer is good in Modern Warfare 3, if Warzone is good, people are going to play it. You don't need to do anything to the game. You just need to support it with servers. Uh, they got to figure out how to how to get into a game first. You got to figure that out. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, oh. I can't state enough how annoying this is. I jump on every, you know, whenever Colin invites me to play zombies, I'm like, cool, let's play zombies. Mm-hmm. And the first 10 minutes of me playing zombies with Colin is me sitting in the menus going, wait, how do I get there? Yes. Wait, how do I join your party? Yes. Like walk me through the menus. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention every time you turn the game on, it has to restart for an update legitimately every time if you play the game daily or like multiple times a day maybe not but if you only play the game like once or twice a week you're gonna update every single time it's crazy and the install size is over 100 gigs i mean there's all kinds of problems with call of duty i really am curious to see what microsoft does with it as well because i really like the franchise i don't want it to go away but it needs some serious you know analysis and some serious sort of work to be done on it to get it to where it needs to be yep all right very good thank you to slide g cooper and thank you all of our patrons and thank you for the questions from y'all really appreciate it i want to use this time real quick to shout out some community members who are producing content then so just go ahead and take a look at these things we've got pat the trophy hunter with his twitch channel twitch.tv slash pat the trophy hunter and also more importantly his youtube channel recently where he's been posting youtube.com slash pat the trophy hunter got trophy guides different journals and stuff up like that it's a it's a great place to check out we've also got oh excuse me had to burp uh, we've also got smackerly with his youtube channel and he's doing his show i think it's titled platinum achievements where he just kind of sits and talks about news from that week in gaming his his trophy hunting his achievement hunting that's his youtube channel smackerly so you can go and check that out uh we've also got the portland kevin of course with the playstation plus game club where he does a monthly podcast that looks at a game over on playstation plus extra it has different guests on Slugger and I have both been on that show. It was a ton of fun. So make sure you go and look at that. And I believe I would... Oh, there's something else that I'm forgetting to shout out now. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Uh, (laughs) If you think of anything, Slugger, let me know. But I feel like I'm missing something. Okay, anyway, go and check those things out if you're interested. And with that, let's get into our trophy list reviews for the show. We've each picked a trophy list from the recent game releases... And we want to talk about basically what we think of the list overall, the artwork, the distribution, everything like that. Uh, Give some stats on the game. So I don't mind going first, Slugger, if you want some time, or you can go first. What do you think? What are you in the mood for? I'm I'm good either way. I I got all my notes on my phone. So all right. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Why don't you uh, Why don't you break it down for us? What do you got? Okay. So actually, both games we're talking about today, I have sinned recently yesterday and bought both of them putting your money where your mouth is dude yep so the game i'll be covering is a i think a pretty hyped up indie game that just launched uh the one and only pacific drive uh yeah, yeah. it is this game looks awesome man yeah this 
I remember seeing the initial trailer for this game and I thought, eh, it looks kind of whatever. But I've seen uh, like a couple YouTubers I watch. One of them, uh, his YouTube channel channel is Christopher Odd, and he does like full gameplays. He does reviews, stuff like that. He's pretty good. Um, but he got his hands on this game early and was streaming or not streaming it, but kind of like put out a couple videos on it a couple weeks ago and i was like oh shit this actually looks really cool and something like right up my alley Mm. so i'll dive into it um developed by ironwood studios if you don't recognize them that's because this is their first game but interesting thing about this dev team is and i think it kind of shows with the reviews this game is getting and if you watch gameplay like it looks pretty well put together um this dev team is comprised of like vets from across the industry so this is the first game that they've done together, but some notable shout outs that some of these different devs have worked or games that these different devs have worked on Call of Duty World War Two, multiple Halos. So Halo Infinite, Halo Reach, Halo 4, Halo 5, Whoa. League of Legends, Age of Empire, Mortal Kombat 11, Resistance 3. There's a ton more, but I was kind of reading their list on uh, their developer website. So. These guys are no, uh, they're no rookies in this space. They, they've worked on a lot of big stuff. I left off Infamous, Zelda, Oblivion. So, Wow, holy I, shit. I kind of think that's why this isn't, you know, this game's getting great reviews and it looks like it plays well. It's because they got guys that know that they're, what they're doing. Um, but published by Kepler Interactive. Now, that's another name I didn't know, but I looked up the publisher on PSN Profile to see what other games, at least on Sony, they've published. Mm-hmm. And they've published Sifu, okay. Tachia, Scorn, and Ultros. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I, I think Ultros, except for Scorn, those are all kind of bangers. Yeah, Ultros is a new game, I believe, that also just launched within the last week or two, but I've been reading decent things about that. So I threw that onto my wish list, and I immediately thought, oh, shit, is this a developer like an indie dev or indie publisher, I'm going to have to watch for because I played Tachia, loved it. I know Sifu is supposed to be great. Scorn, I've heard, is maybe not amazing, but still like a good kind of creepy walkthrough. And now you throw a Pacific Drive into that. Like, seems like they're publishing good stuff. So um, let's see. Pacific Drive released February 22nd. We're recording on the 24th. So this game just came out two days ago. The distribution for the list, we got... Um, Colin's going to love this. 41 bronzes, five <laughs> silvers, three golds, one, one platinum. Uh, at least so there's a lot three of... golds. At least there's three golds, man. Because let me yeah. tell you, some of these fucking games, bro, I just, uh, I can't. These 50... things that have one gold are just so infuriating to me. I'm trying to think of the right way to do it. With 50 trophies, mm-hmm. I feel like it should be like 30 bronzes, 10 silvers, is that right? That gets me to 40. No, maybe that's not right. So like 15 silvers and then like five golds, I feel like would be a sweet spot. Yeah, it'd be pretty chill. I'm down with that. But some stats about the game. This actually changed from this morning when I was looking at it. So the new updated stats, there is 668 game owners, one platinum achiever. Yeah, baby. Average completion percentage, 9% right now. Yeah, with that one platinum owner that puts the platinum rarity on psm profiles at 0.15 percent he completed it in 26 hours of playtime by the way the one platinum guy so yeah he actually i got a little snippet of his he actually posted in the forum which i'll kind of hit on some of the stuff he said when i'm talking about the list oh cool 
But a little bit, if you don't know anything about this game, um, I also pulled this from the developer website. So this is straight from Ironwood Studios himself. Uh, Pacific Drive is a first-person driving survival game with your car as your only companion. Now, I need to make it clear, this is not a survivor sim where you play as a car. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what Zachary thought, that we were playing Cars, the video game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so me, Colin, and Zachary were talking about this game last night, and he's like, "Wait, is this like a when you say car survivor sim? Are are you playing as the car? Uh, no, you're not playing as the car. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! Uh, but navigate a surreal, surreal reimagining of the Pacific Northwest and face supernatural dangers as you venture into the Olympic exclusion zone." Each excursion into the wilderness brings unique and strange challenges as you restore and upgrade your car from an abandoned garage that acts as your home base. Gather precious resources and investigate what's been left behind in the zone. Unravel a long-forgotten mystery while learning exactly what it takes to survive in this unpredictable, hostile environment. So it's essentially a roguelike driving game. You start at your garage. You have to travel from point A to point B along the way. There's a bunch of points of interest and buildings to loot and things to collect there's also uh like uh, anomalies and i don't know if there's like monsters I, I i've been trying to go spoiler free but there is dangerous things and hazards that can take you out as you're going from point a to point b mm-hmm. so and you only have so much time to do it so you kind of have to be efficient on time you have to have good driving skill and then as you collect your supplies as you go if you escape you bring all that supplies back to your base you upgrade your garage, you can upgrade your car, you can upgrade your stats. Um, those are kind of like your permanent upgrades, similar to a, a roguelike. And then you rinse and repeat over and over. Another roguelike, so, yeah. dude. The, this genre I, is very popular right now. That's, I'm such a sucker, such a sucker for roguelike. And this looks like a big, like a cool mashup of roguelike in a, like a survival type game. So it, it was right up my alley. I don't know when I'll play it, but I wanted to show support to the devs. Yeah. So that's why I bought it. Yep. It's the it's a great looking game. I agree with that. So before I dive into the trophy list, I did kind of want to hit the like the guy who got the platinum posted a a mini trophy guide. Um, he he kind of gave some tips and things to look out for as you work through this list. So if I somehow convince you to buy this game, check out his post on PSN profiles. But I'm gonna recap. I'll give you the too long didn't read of what he says. So he says it took him about three days of playing 26 hours of total playtime, similar to what Colin said. Um, imagine playing 26 hours of video games in three days. In just, three days. Just imagine nuts. that for a second. Some of you fucking people out there, chill out, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he said it's a fairly average difficulty trophy list. He would rate it about a 5 out of 10 and about 30 hours for completion. Possibly one missable trophy, but he's not 100% sure. Uh, that trophy specifically I'll hit here in a bit. But he says as you go through, just about everything comes naturally. Uh, as you play, you want to scan and collect everything you see. There's no useless information or resource in the game. Every bit of information and resource you can collect is worth collecting. After every trip, search the friendly dumpster in your garage three to four times. It'll always give you resources. That'll help you out. Uh, if you, It looks like there is some accessibility stuff in there. Um, because he says if you get tired of repairing your car after every trip, you can enable some legal cheats to make your life easier, uh, which I believe he just means accessibility options. 
And then uh, with it being a roguelike, the map is randomized every time. You still are getting from point A to point B. Oh my God. Um, but he says if you pull up a map and you're doing a run and you don't like the look of the run, you can close the game, reopen the game, go back in. The layout will change and you don't lose your progress. Uh, I did something similar with Inscription. You could do that in Inscription to help you get the Platinum. Okay, nice. So that's kind of a mini trophy guide. There's no other really trophy guides out yet. So I guess uh, now's a good time to just dive into the list itself. I personally love this list. I think there's a great variety of lots of different things to do. Right off the bat, you got 12 story trophies. They are all bronze other than the final one, which is a gold trophy. After the story trophies, there is a trophy called Along for the Ride. Um, which is return from the well if i understand it right i don't think this is a spoiler because the well doesn't really tell you what this is but towards the end of the game one of the side characters will give you an item which i'm not going to spoil and you equip that item in your car and you have to return from the end of the game back to the beginning of the game with it or like bring this item along with you to the end of the game that's why the guy was saying he wasn't sure if this was missable or not because he's not sure if it only has to be done in the final story mission or if it can just be done at the end of any run. But he got it at the end of the final story mission. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Everything else is um, either related to crafting, collectibles, or like miscellaneous stuff. So there's six, well, seven crafting or upgrade trophies, some examples for that. There's a trophy called Garage Barrage. Install every auto shop station and upgrade. Uh, let's see. DIY Expert and DIY Master. That's unlock over half of everything in the fabrication station and unlock everything in the fabrication station. So kind of, you know, that's kind of what you're looking at for like crafting stuff. Um, I also kind of hmm. added into that bunch. There's like a trophy called They Weren't Using It. And that's liberate and equip apart from an abandoned car. So I would argue that's crafting. Yep. There's a trophy called Renewable Power. Fully charge a car battery from under 50% using only natural energy sources. I wonder if when you get uh, struck by lightning, it charges the car. That's my guess. That'd be cool. Yeah. And you put a, like a rod on the car so you can charge it while you're out in the storm. Yeah, I was wondering if it was like a solar panel thing, but I feel like all the footage I've seen of it, it's like nighttime. Yeah, I don't. It seems like it's you're always in the middle of like these giant storms in the game. But maybe, yeah, maybe I have no idea. It should be clear. Obviously, neither of us have played this game yet. But nope, I'm basing everything purely off of a trophy list, and it's brand new. So give us, you know, if we're a little wrong here, guys, you know, cut us some slack. Okay, give us grace. Yeah, been out for two days. <laughs> um, the collectibles. All right, this sounds like a ton. I, I'm going to guess it's not a ton if you can do it in 30 hours, but there's Arda, Record Keeper, and Arda, Lore Keeper, which is Discover 300 and 600 logbook entries. I don't know, again, I, I haven't played this. I've been trying to stay spoiler-free, but I really wanted to do this list. I assume the logbook will just kind of fill up naturally as you play. The guy's mini trophy guide, you know, he said just kind of scan everything and all the information you find is valuable. So. I assume it'll just happen as you play through the game. You'll find items, anomalies, points of interest, whatever. There's apparently some type of research function to that. So I think as long as as you go through, you're just kind of like scanning everything you can, you'll be fine on those collectibles. Um, so that's the crafting and collectible stuff. And then there's lots of cool, this is why I like the list, 
miscellaneous like gameplay trophies, things you'll just get that'll just happen naturally. So there's some good ones here. There's a trophy called No Parking. Complete a run with at least three junctions without the car ever being put in a park. Driver's Ed Dropout. I like this one too. Forget to put the car in drive before hitting the gas 20 times. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That seems like one of those trophies that I would just do. Like I would It'd just, probably just happen naturally, yeah. Well, well, I mean, like, I would just sit there probably and just grind it right away. Just to get oh. it done and not think <laughs> about it. Because I'm sure it's so easy to just do in the first run if you, if you know about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, though. The game that guy was talking about, Christopher Rod, when I was watching him play this, he kept forgetting to do it. Oh, sure. Because every time if you leave the car and don't put it in park, if you're on a hill, the car will start rolling away. And it could end up in a ditch or crash into a tree. And, like, you could kind of screw yourself. And vice versa, you set it in park, maybe a storm rolls through or you're in danger. So you sprint to your car and go to hit the gas and nothing happens. And it's like, because the game actually makes you turn the keys to start the car if the car's off. And then actually like look down at the uh, shift handle and actually shift it into gear. So I could see how you could maybe earn that naturally just with, I don't know, if you're being pressed for time or you're in danger or something. Mm. Some other good miscellaneous stuff. Lumberjack. Destroy a thousand trees. This one is probably my favorite. Et two. Oh yeah. Get hit. Get hit hard by your own car. Um, Wait, what is it? Et two. What does it mean? Et two. And you. That's a. Oh, it's a Shakespearean play from C- from Julius Caesar. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Caesar. Got it. Got it. Sorry about that. I just. I love the idea of your. It's like I'm imagining a scenario where you like. I'm gonna jump out of the car to like. Mm-hmm go loot or something and then you didn't throw it in park and the car like rolls down a hill and smashes into you and severely hurts you <laughs> and see i thought this was um yeah i thought that was spanish so i was definitely wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay uh some other good miscellaneous stuff there's one called troubleshooting give your car a few swift kicks maybe it'll help nice i'm curious to see what this one does i it's called I don't know what I expected, and it just says deconstruct a resource. Hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like when you deconstruct some stuff, you don't actually get anything. Like it breaks, maybe. And yeah, that's what, that's what you get. I'm not sure. I, I will say, when I'm looking at the list here and following along with you, what concerns me is how many tracked trophies there are. With like, yeah, the tracking does scare me. Yeah, we know historically that things with with trackers have a tendency to not track correctly on the ps5 or they could break or like i mean it's just i don't know like i haven't seen anything about that in the forum posts you haven't brought anything up about that but it just makes me a little nervous when there's a a something that says zero out of 600 there tracking you know or zero out of a thousand yeah it's pretty intense i'm not sure how i feel about that it's funny how we've been trained to be nervous about that well it's it's (laughs) their own fucking fault sony like i mean stop you know if, if it wasn't glitched all the time i would feel better about it yeah, but, uh, they just didn't roll it out well. Huh. Let's see. A couple other miscellaneous ones. This one's called Watch Out for Hop-Ons. Drive several miles with a bunny on your car. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if this is an actual bunny, but I really hope it's an actual bunny that can just like hop onto your car and you can just drive with it. <laughs> I, would, I would assume it just can happen and it'll jump on your car and then you just need to drive. But why wouldn't it just jump off? That, that's yeah. what I don't know. This one, where we're going, we don't need roads. And it says, while driving, remain airborne for six seconds. 
Uh, so hitting a big jump or something. So lots, I mean, there's more here. I'm not going to read every single trophy, but there's a good mix of like just general gameplay things that you may have to watch out for and actually try and get. Some of these may happen naturally. Mm-hmm. The other list of trophies, or kind of types of trophies I didn't hit, there's one for maxing your inventory in the car. And that's not like upgrading to the max inventory. It's completely filling your car with the max allowable space. So it's probably a bit, it's probably a little bit of both. You probably have to increase the inventory of your car to the max, but then you have to fill all of those spots. Yes. Yes. Um, there's one for fully decorating your car. I didn't really hit on that. So as you upgrade your vehicle, it it looks really cool. It, like there's actual cosmetic changes to the vehicle as you're upgrading it. So you can get it like super like armor paneled, but there's a ton of like cosmetic stuff that goes into it. You can deck out the inside of your car. Like there's little bobbleheads you can get and um, different ways to kind of customize your vehicle, which are all just for cosmetics, which is cool. Mm. And um, the last couple trophies I didn't hit or the last like type of trophy is completing runs with like certain I don't want to say modifiers, but you have to do certain things as you complete these runs. So a couple examples, complete a run with at least seven junctions. Now, I'm not sure what the junctions are. I don't know if junctions are like checkpoints from point A to point B. Like maybe you encounter a safe space in between each thing. Um, That's kind of how I picture it, but I could be wrong. Some of these other ones, juiced up, complete a run with at least two junctions and with twice the anchor charge necessary to escape through the gateway. Um, Complete a run with at least two junctions and with the car always having a low or empty fuel tank. So that's kind of like there's a couple more of those just completing a run with certain uh, certain modifiers or things to keep a lookout for. So Hmm. that's the list itself. The artwork is, I think, pretty cool. Are they all bumper stickers? Is that what this is? Yeah, so I think they're either like garage posters, uh, bumpers, yeah. bumper yeah. stickers, or like road signs. Yeah, that's true. Um, they just all have that like corner lifted up, which makes me think of like a sticker. A sticker, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're a lot of them. Sweet. A lot of them look like road signs. I think my favorite part about this list, we've been hitting on artwork for a while um, on this show. And we always talk about how, like, oh, the bronzes all match the same color and the silvers all match and gold. This doesn't follow any rhyme or reason to that that I can see. Every right. color is very colorful, pretty unique artwork. Like I said, the style of most of them is uh, like road signs. So, like the one for Lumberjack, Destroy a Thousand Trees, it's like a yellow hazard road sign with a, chi- a tree kind of being chopped in half and the top part falling over in the style of a, a road sign. So, I personally really dig the artwork. The platinum artwork maybe leaves a little bit to be desired. It's just a silver medal with your car and three trees on it, Um, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know, as creative as the rest of the list is. It's kind of a bummer to see the platinum artwork just look so basic. But yeah, that's true. Some of the other trophies are or the artwork is cooler, you know? Yeah, but at least it's colorful. I really like that. And the end of the road, like return from the well one looks sweet. That, that yeah it does yeah yep. yeah i like that a lot yeah that almost looks like it'd be a dope platinum image. i know what the fuck like what they should the swap fuck those two fuck are they doing dude get it together ironwood <laughs> <laughs> some vets you are <laughs> yeah seriously dude i thought you guys worked on halo and like come on now dude come on you're letting me down some league of legends team members <laughs> i just found what out a- though that this game i don't know if you knew this you can get a physical edition 
the deluxe edition is going to go on sale April 9th for a physical oh, edition of this game. It is $40 instead of, I think, what, it's 30 on the store, but it comes with like an art book, a journal, some in-game cosmetics, a reversible cover for your game itself. So if you're curious about this game and you want to get it physically, you can wait and you will be able to get a physical copy. Yeah, that's int- I probably won't get it just because I own it digitally now. Sure. But I was just looking at it for myself because I you can get it on Target and I have a Target gift card with like 30 bucks left on it. Oh, cool. And I was like, mm, maybe because I that wouldn't break my thing of like two games per you know, for the year to purchase gift cards. Yeah. Think One thing I didn't hit to kind of close this out. Um Let's see, on Open Critic, since I care about this now because of our stupid fantasy league, sure. um, I'm looking at Open Critic for everything. Uh, it, the Open Critic rating is strong. The top critic average is 78, and 75% of critics recommend. So nothing outstanding, but I'm seeing a lot of fours, uh, like four out of fives. I'm seeing a lot of seven or eights out of tens. Um, it looks like it's a pretty good showing out for this dev for the first game. Yeah. But people are calling I would out say the lore as really good, so that seems like something I would enjoy. That's yeah, I mean, I didn't hit on that just because the story doesn't talk about it. But if you watch like gameplay trailers, it looks like I kept saying it, uh, anomalies. Like there's something I don't know if it's like space time. I don't know if it's aliens, but there's something funky going on in this part of the world or this part of the country was like sequestered, and they put up these massive walls around you know the Northwest Pacific to contain whatever's in there. And um, I don't know your motivation for going in and out. I don't know if you're a researcher. I don't know if you're looking for a kid. Like I said, I've been spoiler free. And um, yeah, I don't, I've, I've seen some basic gameplay. It looks like fun. I think if you like survival games or if you like roguelike games, uh, I think this would be a decent one to check out, especially at a $30 price tag. Mm, I think so too. I think so too. So that's Pacific Drive. Anything you want to add? I don't think so. I think I kind of covered it with the, you know, the deluxe edition. I wanted to call out that you can get it physically. We talked about the trophy tracking. I mean, this is, I think, one of those games that a lot of people are going to miss just based on the timing of when it came out and how Final Fantasy VII stuff, (laughs) right? And even just the earlier games in the year that people are still playing. So, and you also had Tomb Raider remastered. You got Banishers. You got, you know, like Tekken Eight. You got Infinite Wealth. You've got. It's just there's so much stuff right now that I don't know if people are going to necessarily think about this game. So I hope that you do. I hope that people do consider it because it seems like a very unique style of game. And it's a PlayStation console exclusive right now. I don't know if it's going to come to Xbox or Switch eventually, but right now... That's a good shout-out. It's PlayStation 5 console exclusive, so... uh, Or PS4 and 5, rather. Or no, just 4. Just just 5, sorry. So yeah, go and check it out, guys. I think you picked a good one. I got a Sweet. little distracted nice. at the end there because I'd been checking for days. Originally, I was really hoping to do the Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster trophy review, but it wasn't mm. out yet. But I did just see the achievements popped. So, and there's anyone doing on the fly? No, I'm not <laughs> on gonna, the fly review. No, I'm not going to do it. But I'll just say for people that are curious about it, there, at least for the achievement side, there's 29 achievements in the game, and it feels like maybe 80 to 85 percent of them are story related, and I don't see anything for a difficulty. So I think it's going to be a pretty easy trophy list. But anyway. next review, next review will be a full like Star Wars. Maybe we'll have the Battlefront Classic Collection. Oh out. man, <laughs> I'm so nervous about that Classic Collections trophy list, man. But me too. I do. I don't know. Did it say in the trailer or anywhere else if that's going to have crossplay? I didn't notice. Okay, let me actually look this up real quick. 
Oh yeah, be crossplay. Uh, has uh, cross-gen multiplayer has been confirmed for PlayStation and Xbox players, but that doesn't tell me if it's between PS4 and 5 or between PS5 and like Xbox. But oh uh, yeah, uh, if it is <clears throat> doable on either one, I honestly might get it on Xbox because that's where I played the original Battlefronts anyway of one and two. And if the trophy list is really crazy and ridiculous, then I'd rather just play with you guys but play on Xbox. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. All right. Well, what I have for you guys, speaking of Xbox is a trophy list review of a little game that we talked about at the beginning of the show called Pentiment. Now, this game released also very recently on February 22nd, so two days ago at time of recording. This is from Obsidian Entertainment as the developer, published by Xbox Game Studios. Its uh, genres or themes, according to PSN profiles, are historical and mystery, not a combo that you see very often. It will run, by the way, this game at 120 frames, on PS5, Ooh. so it is a very beautiful and smooth running game, if you're at all curious of that. Some stats for this guy here, it's got 117 game owners, 67 recent players, one Platinum Achiever for the PS5. There is a PS4 version of this game, by the way. Um, one Platinum Achiever for the PS5. So, sitting right now at a 0.85% for the Platinum Trophy, and one of the things that we've already talked about for this game real fast is the name of the Platinum Trophy, which is titled Platinum Trophy, just like Pacific Drive. Although this time, there is no space between Platinum and Trophy. That's a bit weird. I'm almost positive it's a typo, and it's funny that it made it in. But regardless, uh, I'm going to be talking about this game. I think this is a strange one because we do, of course, have the achievement information for this game. We have an achievement guide for this game that's a very detailed walkthrough of how to do this in about two playthroughs in about, I don't know, 15 to 20 hours is what it looks like. But... At the top, I'll say the recommendation from everything I've seen and what I will recommend to you as well is that you do a blind playthrough of this game and then maybe go and follow a guide after the fact. But this game is about, it's basically, here's the synopsis from the guide. Pentiment is a beautifully illustrated game set in 16th century Bavaria. You play as an artist, Andreas Mahler, who becomes involved in the lives of the people in a small village of Tossing. This is a dialogue-based game where your choices will influence the future of the village and its people. And at the, the core of this, there's some murders, there's some mystery, there is heavy dialogue options, as I noted, and branching paths. So you can imagine what that looks like in the terms of the trophy list. Now, as far as distribution, there is a platinum. There is three gold trophies, 12 silvers, and 26 bronzes. I feel pretty good about this distribution, actually. I don't think it went over the top. 42 total trophies, including the, the platinum, which is the number of bronzes in minigames alone. So I think it did a, a nice job there. And just like you mentioned for Pacific Drive, there is no standard color scheme with these trophy lists. This is not a bronze border for bronze trophies, silver for silver, gold for gold. Um, there are different colored borders in the list, but it does appear to be relatively arbitrary in terms of how they're organized and how it's laid out. So the the game, as I mentioned, is set in 16th century Bavaria. It has this art style that is really similar to biblical drawings or things that you would see inside bibles <laughs> you know like i don't really know how to describe yeah. this other than that it's very goofy and cartoonish looking but like very old cartoons and i think that that's cool it's it's a, a unique style of game and of course coming from obsidian and xbox this is a, a really weird scenario because this is one of the first games that has come over from that ecosystem previously was an xbox exclusive on game pass i think it's funny that i didn't play it there and i chose to buy it instead on the ps5 but 
regardless, this game is, it seems like it's got a cool list. So there's three different story acts in this game. And what I've done is I, I hid the secret tr trophies so that I wouldn't be giving anything away by going over them. But the funny thing is that there's actually quite a few unhidden. If you look at the list, they're not really keeping too much from you at an initial glance. It appears that there is about seven different secret trophies at the end related toward who related towards specific character endings in the game. Let's <laughs> say I don't uh, I don't want to give any more away than that. But let's just say that there's a lot of ending options from what I was reading. This is a with a guide, a one and a half to two playthrough game that's going to involve some saves coming, if you will, and saving at very specific points to change the endings and the outcomes of the game. But up to that point, you're going to be talking to villagers. You're going to be, you know, searching for different clues. You're going to be interviewing people. You're going to be getting to know the people in this town. And there are many points in the story where the uh, path through will branch. And depending on what you pick, you will get a different trophy. So, of course, on your next playthrough, you'll choose the other options and you will clean up what you missed. So let me give you... Um, an example of that. So you have a bronze trophy here called Good Graces, which is to end Act 1 in the abbot's favor. You have a similar trophy, a bronze called Andreas Non Grata, which is to end Act 1 out of the abbot's favor. So very simple, right? Uh, did you finish with them liking you or not? You have a similar one with, uh, you know, the deer hunter, which is to shoot the deer, the bronze trophy, and another bronze trophy called the Hand of Mercy, which is to refuse to shoot at the deer. So very clear hmm. how this is going to go. You're going to have like specific points in the game where you choose one thing or the other, and that'll change your playthrough and give you different trophies along the way. Um, you do get a gold trophy for finishing Act 1, for finishing Act 2, and for finishing Act 3. So from the trophy percentage standpoint, just beating the game is going to give you a big amount of percentage on the list because all three gold trophies in the game are from just beating the game many of the silver trophies seven of them as i alluded to are for the endings so seven of 12 there are for the endings and then the bronzes have a lot to do with miscellaneous and the decision points that i mentioned as well there's some pretty interesting trophies in here like you have one that this is a common theme i think that you and i have noticed a lot in recent games which is to pet the animals in the game so you have a, a trophy called a regular saint francis which is a bronze trophy to pet five animals which i think is very cool You've got another bronze called the Art of Persuasion, which is to pass five dialogue checks. This to me is sort of is like a and d kind of thing almost, although I, I'm assuming it's not that complicated where it's just if this person likes you, they'll tell you something that they wouldn't otherwise and vice versa. And then there's also a, a bronze trophy to examine 10 flowers called Smell the Roses. So it seems like there's going to be some minor sort of collectibles to look out for as you go through the game, namely finding different animals and flowers and people to talk to, right? And uh, if you do that, you'll get some of those collectibles out of the way. And then there's some other miscellaneous ones, which I can't really say how hard they are or not. There's a silver trophy called Empty Headed, which is to have your hat stolen. I don't know if that's a for sure thing, if that's just a, you need very specific options. Um, there's another bronze trophy called Kiss Zdena, which is to seduce Zdena. Again, not sure how difficult or what you need to do to do that, but there are things that you will need to look out for, and I highly recommend that you follow the guide for the achievements on True Achievements for this, even though we're going for trophies here. It is what exists currently as far as a guide for this game, and do your blind playthrough and then follow the guide after to, uh, to clean up what you are missing. 
I wanted to call out one other trophy that came to mind, uh, or that jumped out to me, rather, which is called Among Us. <laughs> and it is a <laughs> silver trophy to discover the imposter. The trophy artwork is the knife from the, uh, the iconic knife and image from among us the game oh uh, yeah so you know there, there are some really cool <laughs> references in here i think daryl would have a field day with some of these titles uh there's a bronze trophy titled hot goss and the description is to tell jacob esler immaterial gossip right so there's some like funny like pop culture hot references. yeah <laughs> there's a should have seen the other guy which is a bronze trophy to get knocked out you know and the trophy image is a black eye like a record baby like a record baby like a record baby <laughs> ram, 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 ram. exactly <laughs> uh let's see let's see there's this is a funny one uh, a fateful sausage is a bronze trophy to learn the mystery of the cats uh the trophy image is a sausage i hope this is not cats getting turned into sausages and you don't find out till the end <laughs> i'm gonna be very upset if that's the case but um i really don't think like me reading more descriptions and telling you some of these miscellaneous ones is is a great thing to do because I feel like a lot of them are about like those key decision moments in the game and it's it's better for you probably and me to just experience them. But what I would say overall is that the artwork is in keeping with the game. Um, it is a very cool style of cartoon drawing that we don't see very often and it's funny. There are some really funny and goofy looking pictures like this trophy for legal eagle which is just a eagle with your main character's head on top of it there again the the black eye for the trophy of should have seen the other guy you know there, there's there's a bunch of of goofy stuff like that the among us one that i mentioned so i think that they do a good job at making this a diverse list and an interesting list from an artwork and from a naming convention standpoint i also think the pacing of this list is going to be good as you'll unlock things continuously as you go on uh, in your first playthrough, so you'll have a decent percentage at the end. The real the only critique that I really have is the trophy title for the Platinum, and it's typo there. Uh, but I'll give them some slack, because it's, you know, it's the first Xbox game over here with the Platinum, I guess, other than Minecraft, right? So, you know, not a ton of practice for Obsidian on that. We'll, we'll cut them some slack here. But I think you should check this game out, guys. It's $20. It's relatively short. I think it supports a good cause of making more games, you know, uh, non-exclusive across multiple platforms. I think it potentially could lead to more Xbox games coming to the PlayStation platform if you're interested in that. And it's just not a style of game or a setting of a game that we see very often. So yeah, it's super unique. It's very unique. Yeah, yeah. And there's not apparently, a lot of platinum achievers, so there's a ton of ultra rares right now. Apparently, the art style is based on the Nuremberg Chronicle. Which okay. I didn't know what that was until today. So the Nuremberg Chronicle is an illustrated encyclopedia consisting of world historical accounts as well as accounts told through biblical paraphrase. Okay, nice, nice. And um, which is funny because I think they named the town or the artist in the game. The main character is the tie Nuremberg to it. Yeah, the player takes control of Andreas Mailer, a journeyman artist from Nuremberg. So. Okay, so it is a Nuremberg thing. Nice. Yeah, guys, I mean, I think we got a couple good indies here. I mean, I know people have heard of both of these games, and maybe they're not indie. I mean, Obsidian's a big studio, but these are smaller projects. And there was an interview with the creative director, I think, for this game from Obsidian over on Defining Duke, uh, an Xbox podcast from Last Night oh, Media. Cool. And if you're interested to hear about the project and 
how he basically just told Xbox, like, I'm never going to have another chance to make this if we keep doing massive games. So I'm just going to do it now and you can deal with it. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny story. So worth looking at, worth checking out. I do think I'm going to play this game this year. I don't know when, but I would like to get to it. it seems if you're cool. a history nerd, I've also read like in a lot of reviews and people's comments on the game. It's very like historically accurate with like stories they tell and how they handle politics and religion and like the everything down to the music and the art style. Like yeah. it's a very uh they did their research. Like I was looking at the wiki, they had like history professors from universities like helping them with the research and stuff on uh the game design. So Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. I'm a religious studies, you know, major and uh history nerd, so I think I'm I think this is right up my alley. I'm pretty excited for it. But that's what I got for you guys, and that's what we have for you guys with Pentiment and Pacific Drive. Let us know what you think and if you're going to check them out. With that, that's going to wrap up our show, episode 105, with just Slugger and I here. You know, next time we'll be back in episode 106 with Daryl as well as the Portland Kevin for what we have been playing and a couple other discussion points there. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has listened towards the end of the episode. And if you've gotten this far, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for your support of the show and for listening. And uh, Slugger, where can people get a hold of you at? Where can people find you? Find me at PSN Profiles, Discord, PlayStation Native, at SluggerJD. And you can find me on Xbox at SluggerJDD. And I'm also on X at Slugger underscore JD. Uh, I'm not very active on there, though. So best chance to find me, one of the game systems or Discord. Absolutely. And you can find me on Discord, YouTube, Twitch, PSN, and Xbox at CK Present. Um, you can find us, the Trophy Talk Podcast, on X at Trophy Talk Pod, where we post some platinums that we've achieved there. Most recently, threw up my Helios Platinum, aka the Returnal Platinum, which I was very excited about. So you can go and check that out if you'd like. Until next time, everybody, take care, happy gaming, and goodbye.